2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number uh, 2. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, that would be your Old Testament, and of the commandment of the uh, apostles of the Lord and Savior. That would be primarily what he had at the time, uh, what was coming to be what we know today as the New Testament. Obviously, it was a work in progress at the time. Uh, that you may be mindful. I want you to think about that word. Uh, verse number uh, 17. Let's go there, please. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, he's referring to what he wrote in verses uh, 3 through 16, primarily primarily dealing and focusing on the scoffers. He broadens that out a little bit toward the latter part of the passage. But he spends most of his time dealing with the scoffers. He said, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, you know there's going to be scoffers, you know it before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. I, 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 I admire greatly the preaching of Brother Tim Fallour. I feel, I'm confident that many in this room probably do. If you've heard him more than once, you've heard him say, I've got just a thought, just a thought. And then wax eloquent for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And you're going, I wish I had that thought. <laughs> His son told me the joke at the church is, yeah, you've got just a thought and 16 pages of notes. <laughs> that you've been meditating on that thought. All jokes aside, I, I've got a thought uh, for this morning. Uh, I know the caliber of men and people in this room and we value and put a great importance on studying and preparing and taking what we do behind this pulpit very seriously. I can assure you I have and do, but I still have just a thought and I want to uh, preach for a few minutes on a uh, finish well. Peter, late in his ministry, said, ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, you know there's going to be scoffers, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. I don't have to spend any time at all trying to establish the fact that we're not talking about losing our salvation. That, 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 that's, that's not, that we don't have to go there. Uh, if you're a new believer, if, if this is your first week in a Bible-believing church, sit down with one of us uh, after the service and we'll give you a truckload of verses uh, that, to prove to you biblically that we can't lose our salvation. But beloveds, brethren, can fall from their own steadfastness. 
uh, several years ago, there's people in the room who were at this meeting with us. We were at an open arms event in Hendersonville. Uh, that's the pregnancy care ministry in town and and our church is involved in that. Thankfully, uh, well, we wouldn't do it if we had to compromise anything that we are a core belief to progress, but we don't have to. We've never been asked to. We are who we are, and they're glad to have us around. And we were at, a, at an event that they were hosting. They had invited Pam Tebow uh, to be the speaker. If you know her story or her son, Tim, uh, you know that she was advised to abort him uh, due to complications and, and her age at the time that she was carrying him. And she was making an illustration to the audience and she said, I'm in the fourth quarter of my life. And then she laughed and said, in our house all of the analogies are football analogies. Everything relates to football. And uh, Brother Barton and I sat there and did some quick math and I said, uh, I, I'm not far behind you, Miss, Miss Tebow. And um, I did a little more math this morning. And uh, if God gives me 80 years, I'm at the beginning of the fourth quarter. If all I get is 70, I'm a tad over halfway through the fourth quarter. That's pretty sobering. Uh, so, and please don't, take, please don't take offense at what I'm about to say. My dad's from the hills of southern West Virginia and I grew up rough and hard. So at our house, sarcasm was a love language. <laughs> so one day when I did the math and realized how advanced I was, I looked at dear old dad and I said, you in overtime, buddy. I would not say that to Brother Whittemore. <laughs> but I would say that to my dad. And he, he grinned. You know, I mean, that's how we show love. Okay, it's not normal. You young people don't do it. Okay, learn a better way. Okay, one of the guys said, shucks, I wanted to use that. Okay. Uh, I, and I'm not promised tomorrow. But if I do get three score and ten, I'm, I'm midway uh, through the fourth quarter. If I get 80, I, I've still got a quarter left. But, uh, I, Brother Eddie, I, I want to finish well. Yeah, sure. And I think it is a fallacy in our judgment to think that we get to a certain age where finishing well is guaranteed. Uh, that, that would be an error. So, my heart and my passion for the message is for those of us maybe in the fourth quarter. But my greater burden is for all of these young people. And all jokes aside, Pastor, one reason I do uh, cherish the honor of preaching in this meeting is we're in the middle of the day, uh, in, the, in the middle of a school year. Most of these young people are getting ready for competitions and such. And yet every year at Sherathon, there's a host of young people, uh, not just attending, but participating and working and serving and, and not doing it with gritted teeth because they're made to, uh, but doing it because they want to. And I think you could interview many of them and they would tell you this week is a highlight of their year. 
And uh, my, my goal, my prayer, I've been in the area long enough, sadly, to have seen young people who uh, served and were couriers and, and cleaners and singers, and uh, they no longer name the name of Christ. So I, I hope the Holy Spirit will use this text to speak to all of us today, the young, to make up their mind they're going to live for God all the days of their life to those of us who are no longer young to, to determine by the grace of God that we're going to finish well. I'm going to stay for my text in Second Peter, uh, but I do briefly want to mention what some of the other uh, close men to Jesus, some apostles, some family, James and Jude, but I do want to mention briefly what they said uh, about this topic. Would you turn to the epistle of 2 John? Would you look at 2 John, please? John, the beloved, laid his head on Jesus' breast. And John said in 2 John, verse number 8, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive, Brother Rudy, Brother Smith, a full reward. Look to yourselves. I don't want to lay up rewards in heaven only between now and entering there to lose some of them. That's what the text is saying to have some of them deleted from my account. I'm going to give an account. I'm going to stand before God and give an account of the things done in my body. I, I would hate to think, Brother Morrow, that I've been faithful for X number of years and then in the final decade, the final half of a decade, the final uh, quarter, that I would lose some of those things. That's what John is saying he's not. John wrote that somewhere around AD 90. Most Bible expositors think he was probably in his mid 90s when he wrote it. And he said, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. The book of Jude, verse number 21, he said, Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Preached on that, studied that. Several months ago, one of the best statements I ever read on that, uh, defining that statement, the author, I, I think he had to be a country boy. He said, this simply means keep yourselves in love with God. Stay in love with Him. If you're married, you know exactly what he's talking about. There, you, you, that's an intentional, deliberate thing. You don't just assume we're always going to love each other. The minute you start assuming that that's going to be the case, you're on dangerous ground. My own vineyard have I not kept, is what one author said in your Bible. And he said, keep yourselves in love with God. James, the epistle of James, probably written in the 40 to 50 uh, A.D. period. So not long after Jesus had died, buried, arose again, and went back to be with the Lord, James addressed some of the very same things in chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. I say all that to say this. The men who were closest to Jesus were passionate. They were consumed with finishing well. 
Would you go back with me to 2 Peter and I'll give you the very simple thought God has placed on my heart. Verse 17 again. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. With the Lord's help, four very simple points this morning. Number one, beloved. Here's what Dr. Spurgeon said about Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, using the word beloved. He said, that word belonged to the Apostle John. <laughs> he said, he said, here's what he said, Brother Barton. He said, that's not a Peter word. He said, Peter wanted to cut your ears off. Peter wanted, to go, Peter wanted to call you out and call you to repentance. He said, but late in his life, Peter is going, ye beloved, seeing ye know these things. Can I make just a very simple application? If we're going to finish well, we need each other. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. I studied it. I meditated on it. The Lord didn't lead me to deal with all of the scoffers in there. But let me tell you something. There are so many scoffers in these days. If we are not careful, we will get jaded and hard and bitter and everybody's our enemy. And we don't need anybody. We're going to cross the finish line and we're going to do it all by ourselves. Let me tell you something. There is no room in God's kingdom for me to be the Lone Ranger. We need each other. And I, I just, I want to, uh, I want, there's, you say, Brother Ranger, what else have you got on that? Not a whole lot. We need each other. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I preach that. I teach that by God's grace. I try to model that at progress. And I certainly, I believe every pastor in here wants his church to be that. But men of God, can I appeal to you? I believe our people learn that when they see us practicing it. And not just in the four walls of our sanctuary, but with other brethren. I'm not talking about compromise. Is everybody clear on that? We're not talking about compromise, but we are talking about getting in the trench with a brother, holding his hands up in prayer, praying for him, loving him, caring for him, doing what we can to lighten that load. Beloved, Peter said, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things. Look at the next word. Before and then beware. Number one, beloved. Number two, this is so simple. Beware. Beware. What are you supposed to beware of? What you knew before. Can I say to everybody in this room, we know what we need to know to finish well. Don't, don't, don't write me off. Don't say, oh, we, we got to keep on. I'm, I'm going to go to the last verse in the chapter, growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going there and we're going there soon. But I promise you, we, I am, I am, I'm, I'm tired, I'm weary. Uh, the scoffers will wear you down. I am, I am weary of a generation who wants to throw everything they knew before out the window. 
I am not saying quit learning. I'm not saying if you were mistaught, uh, learn uh, the truth. I'm, I'm not saying any of that. But I am saying just because you've reached the... I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man here. But just because you've reached the ripe old age of 30, it is not time for you to throw everything away that they taught you. Brother Whittemore, I thought about you and Sister Whittemore on the way over this morning. And I thought about this generation. And I've already said there's so many young people here and there will be throughout the week. And I'm so grateful for that. But we're not ignorant of the fact that there is a generation trashing what we believe here this week. And mocking it and and scoffing at it. We're not ignorant of that. And we're not going to pretend like it's not happening. But Brother Whittemore, I I had an imaginary conversation with someone of that generation saying, well, well, that that was good for him and that was good for her. Well, I want to walk up to that generation and say, okay, make your point. Young lady, tell me about your prayer life. Right? If I kill over right here and you can't find a pulse, somebody call Sister Whittemore. Can I get a witness? You say, well, what about your daddy? No, his, his love language is sarcasm. Get him, get him a little bit. Get, call Miss Whittemore. And then call dad and say, Brother Doug said, are you in fellowship with God this morning? A little more sarcasm. Y'all see, it goes both ways. And, and, then, and then a young man, well, 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 that worked 40 years ago. Okay, 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 we're, we're in a different day than we were then. Tell me about your burden for souls. Those things which we have seen and heard, we are commanded to embrace them and to hold on to them. If you're going to mock that way, if you're going to mock holy living, if you're going to mock the preaching, if you're going to mock our Bible, I want you to tell me how committed you are to God, God emptying yourself of you and being filled with Him like Brother Rudy Smith. I'm not interested in the message. I'm not interested in the tactics. I'm not interested in the techniques of this world that you've suddenly embraced. I want to know, are you walking with God? I want to know, do you have a prayer life? I want to, is, God real, is God answering your prayers? Well, surely you don't expect me to have any proof of what I say. They do. They do. I, I was praying last week and, and, and I went to my knees, Pastor, and, and, and I, was, I, was, I thanked him for who he was and, 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 and enjoyed doing that. And then I was getting ready to start asking him for a whole bunch of stuff, Brother Adam. And the Holy Ghost said, I know everything you need. He said, why don't you just thank me for a while? Sister Doris, the Holy Ghost led me I am 61. The Holy Ghost led me back 56 years to that little country church, if you can believe this, on the outskirts of Tampa, Florida. And we, we were there about two and a half years before the Lord led us to the upstate of South Carolina. And Brother Whittemore, I, got, I was on my knees. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for Sister Holt. We was in that little tiny block building. I don't think the ceiling was seven foot tall. 
our preacher was five foot six, so it didn't look, it wasn't a problem. And we'd sing sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, and we'd get to Mount Pisgah's lofty heights, and you'd hear a squilly little voice over here on the right side and a little old lady clapping her hands, and it was Sister Holt getting in the glory. I just went down, I just went down the list of people with a passion for God and a walk with God, and, and, and I, I just my heart overflowed at more than one generation, multiple generations that shaped me and molded me, and they finished well. They finished well. Beware. There's two, there's an element to this being aware that I want to draw your attention to. Look, look at that. Know these things before. Beware lest ye also being led. Would you young people listen to me for a minute? You don't compromise in one fell swoop. You don't lose everything that you've wrought. Elder men, elder ladies, my generation. We don't lose all of that in one step. We are led away. With the error of the wicked. So I appeal to every man, every godly woman in this room, 50 and above, pick a number if you, if you need a number. I appeal to every one of us, are we being led away with the error of the wicked one? Are, are, have the scoffers, preacher, have the scoffers wearied us so much that we're, oh, it's just, it's just too exhausting. It happens Brother Youngblood, I th- you men, I, I know the devil tells, tells you they forgot about you. You're in this remote area and he'll say, if you back up here, if you change here, nobody's going to know and furthermore, nobody's going to care. Yes, we do care. When Brianna came back from that camp two summers ago, weeping and going, my people got to see God move in a worship service. It couldn't have made me any happier than if it had happened at Progress. We do know and we do care and we do, back to point number one, we do need each other being led away with the error of the wicked. Look at verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to Him. Would you say the next two words? Be glory. glory, Both now and forever. Amen. Beloved, beware, be led, be glory. Thank you young people. Just saying He's more wonderful. Church, I appeal to you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It's easy to get our eyes on people. In the text, it's easy to get our eyes on scoffers. It's easy to get our eyes on good people. Let me tell you something. The best person in here is going to do or say something to let you down. Brother Mark, would you bring me that that visual aid, my friend? Church, can I plead with you? Can, Can I ask you to make up your mind right now whether you're in the first quarter or the fourth?
And the truth of the matter is, none of us really know which quarter we're in. We are... My generation would have said this was corny. My millennial children's generation would say it was cheesy. I don't know what Gen Z is going to call it. <laughs> we ought to walk the rest of our spiritual life with this in mind. I close with this. If, it, if, it, if that rain that Brother Whittemore was uh, predicting over there, if that had started and that tile floor was slick, uh, we, that'd be right out there in the middle and we'd all come in like this. Dr. Spurgeon said, he said in this area of finishing well and, and, and being cautious and being aware, he said, behind every bush is a soldier aimed on taking us out. He didn't say half of them, he said every one of them. He said behind every tuft of grass is a rifle pit with a man with his scope set on us. You following? We don't understand that, Brother Eddie. We get so wrapped up in this wonderful life the Lord has given us and, and so many blessings that we enjoy and the fellowship and the music and the preaching. We, we get so wrapped up in that, Brother Kirk and all. We forget that when we, even in the house of God, we know that, but it is a sanctuary. But, but even in the house of God, but yet more often than not, when we walk out those doors, we forget there is an enemy. There is a soldier. I don't, I don't deal an awful lot with spiritual warfare at the church. We, we teach it. I preach it. I believe it. I discuss it. I make my people aware. My auditorium Sunday school teacher is right now doing a, a series on our enemy, the devil. And so we're not into it. We're not, uh, we don't avoid it. But I don't overdo it for this reason. Most of the, in my 61 years, most of the men who did got off in the deep end and went weird. That's, they, that's, all, that's all they ever wanted to talk about. They never wanted to talk about how good Jesus was. They just went off into that. So I try to be careful about that. But I don't want to avoid it, Brother Austin. I don't want to avoid it at my own peril. Because it is real. I close with this, preacher. And I, I seriously asked the Lord if this was the direction that He wanted me to go. And I believe it is. In this meeting, not just this year, but over the years, but even in this year, there are men that will cross that platform, Brother Eddie. Yeah. Can, you, can I say it this way? Bigger than life. And I don't say that as a negative thing. I'm thankful for the esteem and the honor that this area of the country and the people that are drawn to a meeting like this, Brother James, I, I am thankful for the honor that they give to men of God. But the, but the truth of the matter is there are some in our minds that have been here and are here this week. I wouldn't embarrass him. Brother Rudy Smith would be one of them. Uh, there are men in our lives that are bigger than life. Can I humbly tell you something? They're not. And I'm saying it that way for a reason. The devil wants him. The 80-year-old who's been faithful for 80 years, 
Brother Allen, the devil wants him. He, the devil wants him. The devil wants his children. The devil wants his grandchildren. The devil wants his marriage. The devil wants his children's marriages. The devil wants his grandchildren's marriages. Thank God for the esteem. Thank God for the double honor. Get them to sign your Bibles. I've had them sign mine. Because of, of dad's pastoring, I got to sit at the table with so many of them. And my life was changed forever by their influence. And I, I, I cherish that. But let me tell you something. They are men and they have feet of clay. I, 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 preacher, I thought about this. I thought if it was raining and that floor was slick and brother and sister Whittemore walked to that door, nobody is going to walk up and say, can I help you? Two or three of these boys that he's trained are going to get on either side and make sure they don't fall. Who is in your life that you need to make sure they don't fall? I won't, I won't illustrate it, but I promise you if Brother Whittemore was here and Brother Locklear, you and I were on either side, guess what? In all likelihood, none of the three of us are going to fall. I about really did illustrate it. If, if, we're, if we're holding him, making sure that that dear old man of God, I say that respectfully, uh, if, if we're making sure he don't fall, we're being extra careful. Preacher, too many casualties. Too many casualties. Too many casualties. God, help us to finish well. Beloved, beware being led. Be aware of the fact that the devil is not going to take you from here to here in one fell swoop. It's going to be one step at a time. Oh, Miss Lori, my heart, my mind just now went back to a meeting we were in together two years ago. And in between services, she got a phone call. She rushed out. She came back in after the service. She walked up to me, shell-shocked, and she said, Brother Reigns, please pray for me. That was a phone call I never wanted to get. You remember, for the sake of our Savior, Pastor, come. For the sake of our Savior, can we finish well? Amen. You young people, 20 and understand, real quick, I'm done. 20 and understand. Can all the rest of us look around the room? For their sake, can we finish well? For their sake, can we finish well? Can we, can we make up their mind? I don't see Brother Elledge, but I see his family. Brother Rudy, the way those Elledge girls look at me when I walk in a room, number one, I know I'm not worthy. But number two, I think I'd rather die. Are y'all with me? I'd rather die, Brother Gary. Than, than, than Brother Jacob Elledge to have to sit his girl... Y'all sit down, young people. I'd rather die than Brother Jacob Elledge have to sit his young people down, his daughters, and go, girls, 
um, we, we won't be going to progress anymore. Um, y'all, um, I can't go into any details, but it's not good. Pray for Miss Chris and the rest of the family. It happens. It happens. It happens. The, the, to Him be glory. Keep your eyes on Jesus. If, if someone you love has fallen, keep your eyes on Jesus. Talk to, to everybody in this room who has not been down that road. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Jude says He's able to keep us from falling. That's the burden of my heart, Pastor. Pastor.